Well, hello, everybody, and welcome to Draycott Diaries Documentaries. This morning, I have the great pleasure of speaking to Mary Woodhouse, who is a member, a strong member of this community, and she's going to tell us in a minute how long she's lived here. But she's also a friend of mine, so it's really lovely that she's going to talk to me. So, Mary, first of all, hello. Hello. And... One of the reasons I wanted to talk to you this morning, Mary, is because we are in a very weird time with this COVID. And I know that you are isolated and you are locked down as well because you have underlining health conditions. So it's going to be a very interesting to get perspective from somebody in the village like yourself who is living under these strange times. But Mary, first of all, can you tell us how long have you lived in the village? Um, 75 and a half years. That's a very long time. The first six months was in Cocklick, which is just across the moors. Mm. Did you have to have a passport to come across? <laughs> I don't know. I was six months old. <laughs> I don't remember <laughs> Well, so you have um, a long history in the village. And Mary, in those years, have you ever experienced anything like this before? Obviously not a pandemic, but have you ever known the village have to cope with such an immense challenge? No, not at all. Because this is a time where I think everybody is having to use their initiative, aren't they? And all the skills that they have. So, Mary, what are you being helped by? Give me a summary of how your day is, how your week is, and, and how you are basically surviving. I'm very much supported by the community shop, which is a boon. They deliver my groceries that I order and pay for um, on a Saturday. So that's helpful. There's also another group that collect medication, they go to your chemist and pick it up and bring it here. And these are all and the volunteers in the community shop. They do that themselves. Everybody's so helpful. And I think, Mary, you don't mind me talking about this. You've only recently been widowed. You lost your husband. I think it's less than a year ago. And yes. also, Mary, you, you gave me permission to mention that you have a daughter who is critically ill at the moment who you can't see. So... Not only are you in isolation, but you have to cope with grief. How does that feel at the moment? Well, I'm, I'm sad because I can't get to see my daughter. I mean, I've started doing FaceTime so I can see her. I'm not very good on technology, but I've managed to do it twice. And yes, losing my husband nearly a year ago, that was hard because we'd been married for nearly 54 years. And Mary, do you, do you see anybody at all or are you completely... I have a friend from Cheddar who, who walks across and then sits at the other end of my garden and I sit up by the bungalow and we have a talk. So we're still social distancing. My daughter and grandchildren... They top me up with the bits that I can't get up the shop and bring it across. And 
leave it outside. I do manage very well, really. I've got lots of friends that I text or message. Like me? Yes, that's supportive. I think people are pulling together very well. And do you get to go out at all, Mary? Well, when it first started, I really took it literally, and I just stayed here within the boundaries of my property. And then my daughter said, if you don't get out and walk, you'll lose the use of your legs. Yeah. So I have started walking out now. I don't go far. I just walk along the lane to where I've got a field and have a mooch around and then I come back again. But because I'm still feeling very tired, I'm very slow. And I haven't been up to my husband's grave whilst we've been in lockdown. But I plan to drive up today, whether that's allowed or not allowed, and take some flowers up. How long is it since you've been able to go up to see him? It was as lockdown came, I stopped going up. And of course, I wasn't going to church anymore because the churches are closed down. Have they? Even You can't even get into the local Draycott church just for some quiet time? Nope. The doors are locked. And how does that feel? Well, it would have been nice to have just gone inside and just sat. But I understand the reasons why they've done it. And you just have to accept that, don't you? What do you think going forward, Mary, will happen when this does finally shift? I mean, we're at early stages still with it. We don't know what coming out of COVID will mean. But what would it mean to you? Well, I guess freedom to go and do the things you were doing before. I mean, at the moment, it feels as though I'm semi-hibernating. You know, I go in and I sit in in front of the television and I doze or I read a lot. And so when it stops, I'll be able to go to the library and pick up more books. I've read all that I've got before the library closed. Have you got enough books to read at the moment? Yes, my um, sister sent up a couple of bagfuls of of books. Some are I've read and some I haven't, so I have got plenty of reading material. Does it ever get you down? Do you ever feel low with it, Mary? No, I don't actually. I don't know why that is, but uh, no, I don't feel low. I think it's probably because you're very resilient, Mary. Cause I... But funny enough, well, it's not funny though, is it? But we have to look at the humour, I think, in any dark times. Just before we started this recording, you suddenly went, yikes. And I said, what's happened? Tell tell us what happened, Mary. Well, I walked into the spare bedroom where I've got my router and I get a better reception. And part of the ceiling has fallen down. And so I've got part of the ceiling on the bed. I'm glad I haven't changed the sheets. (laughs) And there's debris all around the floor. And when I finish with you, Tiggy, I've got to ring my son-in-law and get him to tell me who I can get to come in and do it and whether I have to claim on the insurance or what. These are all little problems. (laughs) (laughs) They are little problems. Well, they're not so little. I think your spare bedroom ceiling caving in is probably quite a big problem. But do let us know uh, as part of the community if you need any further help. I know you're 
son is very supportive and very handy but you know we we would pull together and come and help you mary so just shout out on that one before we go mary i'd love for you to use this as a platform just to say a few words to the community who've been supporting you so what would you like to say well i'd like to say thank you to the community shop i don't know all the people that work in there now i was working in there before christmas but then I got that I couldn't hardly walk up the street anymore. And they are very, very good and putting up my groceries, taking my money and have them brought down to me. And also to the group that um, collect my med- medication from Axbridge Chemist. They're brilliant. I mean, I, c- I can't say enough thanks to them. Well, you've said it now, Mary, and I know they will appreciate that feedback. So keep well, my darling. We will be keeping in contact. And can I just, (laughs) whether you like it or not. And Mary, can I just say a huge thank you from Draycott Documentaries for telling us how it feels for you at the moment. And um, continue to be safe. And we will look forward to catching up with you soon. Thank you, Mary. Thank you, Tiggy. Bye. Bye. You've just been listening to Draycott Diaries Documentaries, recorded by myself, Tiki Trethowan. The editor was Rob Elliott, and music was arranged by Hugh Trethowan. Mm-hmm.